keep Nintendo weird, everybody. Your boy Seth here, happy and thrilled as always to be bringing you yet another episode of the Weird Nintendo podcast about loving weird Nintendo games. Um, man, great episode for you guys today. This is one that has been a long time coming. Um, I do apologize, by the way. I'm a little bit sick. I'm, I'm kind of getting over... Like, last weekend, I had a terrible cold or something. I don't know. Like, sore throat, like, runny nose, um, coughing a bunch, blah, blah, blah. And um, I feel fine now, but I, I haven't quite gotten over the cough. The cough hasn't really gone away. So, um, I'm still a little bit messed up from it, but otherwise I'm fine. Um, I was... So, again, th- this episode of Keep Nintendo Weird, been a long time coming... Um, we, when I first started the show, I basically had, um, a list, a a long list that I still have and I still maintain today of games that I wanted to cover. And right near the top, one of the first games that I knew I wanted to cover was the game we're covering today. Finally, Space Station Silicon Valley. Um, one of my favorite Nintendo 64 games for kind of personal reasons which is weird like it's it's a weird game to have a personal attachment to but that's something i get into in the episode that you're about to listen to um i have kind of a weird personal story with space station silicon valley it's it's just a dumb little game about like robot animals on a space station with like weird dark british humor but it kind of actually means a lot to me and anyway i'm going to get into it in the episode and i can't imagine anybody on this planet I'd rather talk about that game with than with um, Dan Caparello of Retrologic. And I mean, so Dan is one of my best friends. I think he was guest number like three on Keep Nintendo Weird. Um, he did the animated intro and outro that you see if you watch the video version of the podcast. So, I mean, Dan has been just not only just a great friend, but he's a crucial part of KW's DNA. So he and I have been talking about doing this for a long time for this game specifically. And um, it all sort of, I don't know why the first word I wanted to use was congealed. It all sort of congealed. I'll go for it and I'll I'll use it. Sure. Um, When Dan began working on this project, this video project, um, which ended up becoming uh, a kind of development backstory video um kind of video like part video essay part just like fun informative documentary style um but it's like completely dan it's like frenetic and fun and high energy and like just has a lot of his sense of humor and a lot of his kind of vibes and energy in it and he's been working on this for a long time i'm so proud of him so proud of the way the video turned out he did an amazing job and um i really want to point you guys to that video and if you want to i actually think that the video is a really good supplement to this episode um because we were specifically waiting on like dan he'd been working on the video for like almost a year i think um and and he was like look like once the video's ready I want to come on, keep Nintendo weird, and we can do that episode then. And I'm like, yeah, dude, great. So I basically was just like, just say the word and we'll make it happen. You know, we'll move mountains to make it happen. And uh, that's exactly what we did. So um, we got Dan on the show. Um, it's a real great episode, a total treat. It was um, recorded live on twitch.tv slash podcast. So that's something we've been doing a lot lately, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, you will notice the audio is a little bit different than normal something happened with my backup local audio recordings. So this is actually just the audio pulled straight from Twitch. Like it it sounds fine, but it's not quite as clean as it normally is, but it's still a great episode. Sounds fine. There's no problem with it or anything like that, but it does sound different probably from what you're used to. Um, So yeah, it was streamed live um, on Dan's birthday, no less. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. Just a great time with a great guy. Um, I love chatting with Dan. Any opportunity I can I can have to chat with Dan about, you know, this amazing project that he's made and, and to show that to you guys and to talk about this game that means a great deal to me with a person that means a great deal to me, you know, just, just what a treat. Really proud of the episode. Um, again, there are links in the episode description, not only to all of Dan's socials and Retrologic stuff that he's a part of, but also the video itself. And uh, I think it's a great supplement to this episode of Keep Nintendo Weird. So I definitely, definitely want to point you guys to that video. I mean, heck, pause the show and go watch it real quick before you... I mean, because it's almost like not only a chat about Space Station Silicon Valley, 
we kind of get a little bit, we get to pick Dan's brain a little bit about almost a post-mortem, a kind of behind-the-scenes development of the video, which is a development story of the game. So I just, I think if you're a Space Station Silicon Valley fan, I know there are some of you out there. If you are a fellow Space Station Silicon Valley fan, go watch Dan's video and then come and listen to this episode. And you're just going to have a really good like hour and a half of Space Station Silicon Valley uh, in front of you. So with all that being said, um, I'm not going to ramble on any longer. Go watch Dan's video. Um, we're going to welcome Dan to the show. We're going to talk Space Station Silicon Valley. And as always, we're going to keep Nintendo weird. My God, I am here with Dan, birthday boy himself, Dan Caparello. Happy birthday, dude. How are you doing? Thanks. Thank you. There's nowhere I'd rather be on the planet right now than oh my here God. with you talking about specifically this game. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you, you, you're a flatterer, sir. I, uh, man, I, 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 first of all, for you to take time out of your day on your birthday is like legendary champion champion dan danger dan isn't that the guy's name in space station silicon danger valley dan. Danger, yep. dan. danger dan yep yeah we got danger dan here on his birthday to talk about space station silicon valley dude um just just again w- one of my favorite people on the planet i am so stoked to have this conversation with oh. you tonight people already in chat people already dropping in we got eric plunk saying hey we got hambone johnny shouting out the birthday boy absolutely so. <laughs> this is awesome you flatter you're the flatterer <laughs> with your presence. You flatter me with your presence, sir. This this is great. And obviously, you know, we, we've been talking about doing this basically since Keep Nintendo Weird was a thing. And you are a crucial part of Keep Nintendo Weird. Like, I think we talked about doing this before even Gotcha Force. Like, when did, probably, yeah. Um, because I, when did you launch KNW? This this launched um, last June, I believe. Okay, June twenty twenty one. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't a year ago, but it feels like I started writing the video that I made a year ago. It feels like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and we we were talking about you know kind of linking up, and it's like, hey, whenever you're ready to to go on this video, just let me know. Like, I will mm-hmm. I will move the mountains to do this episode of Keep Nintendo Weird because <laughs> you're the only other person I know that loves this game the way I love this game. Um, yeah, and and so I'm super excited. So before we get into all of it, we're already getting ahead of ourselves, just chomping at the bit to talk about this game. Um, kind of set the stage for who you are for the like two people listening to this that may not know who you are. Where, where would folks know you from, Dan? Tell us about yourself. Awesome. Um, so I host the Retrologic podcast. I also just kind of curate the whole Retrologic um, experience, if you Thing. will. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, which is basically a community um, and podcast and blog that kind of fosters community within the retro gaming community. Um, I'll say community a few more times and that's sure. good. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so that's where i'm mostly known from um also just i post funny things on twitter a lot so that that's that's another good place to find me at retrologic games um but um yeah i mean that's that's it and like retrologic has been a passion project of mine for uh this is our second year doing it yeah um we actually just changed our schedule to bi-weekly because um, I wanted to work on some other stuff besides the podcast and I don't have any right. time. So Monday nights, you know, so that's like a long way, a long way of saying that I'm really passionate about it. And um, I would love for anybody listening who doesn't already know to come on over, um, go to retrologic.games and to click the discord link and join up with the community and follow me on Twitter and all the things. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was really cool. There, there was somebody that popped into the Retrologic Discord that was like, "Yeah, I'm a Keep Nintendo Weird listener." I was like, "Yes, this is awesome, man!" Like, <laughs> I, I saw I that. Love that. I love that. I love that people yeah. are like finding that community through through our community because you know we we consider you guys like we work close with you guys. I, I'm I'm basically an honorary fourth host on Retrologic. I oh, if yeah. I. 
I mean, if I don't go on there, if more than a few months go on there, I'm like, I'm texting Dan and I'm like, I'm having withdrawals. You got to have me back on RetroLogic. You're, and need... it's always like, what do you want to talk about? Like, let's do it. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm always down. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like, I, I gotta, I gotta get my fix of, of the RetroLogic fam. And, um, so, you know, we, we love, uh, you know, just making stuff with you has, has been awesome. And, uh, you were an early, early guest on keeping, I think you were maybe guest number three. I think on Keep Nintendo on. Weird. You, and You wanted to get Gotcha Force out of the way. You were like, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Gotta yeah. get Gotcha Force done. And then yeah. like you made the intro and outro for Keep Nintendo Weird, the animated that people see in the video. So awesome. you you are a crucial part of Keep Nintendo Weird, man. And um and, and it's so it feels so good to finally be sitting here tonight on this auspicious evening to finally do this episode. And one of the reasons we're doing it now, as we alluded to is you've been working for a long time on this video. Tell us a little bit about the video. Man, so I feel like I started the like the uh, the idea, the inception of it and the writing of it began I want to say it was a year ago. Yeah. Had to have been cuz I think it was I I would just I just had I I wanted to like part of the reason why retrologic exists is because I'm so so interested isn't even a strong enough word obsessed yes. with <laughs> gaming history um and not just history but like like events and why things happened and who was there and what they're doing now um and um space station silicon valley not to get too deep into things right off the bat sure is really really special because the team that made this and the original grand theft auto um, sort of combined at DMA to make Grand Theft Auto 3 and began what is like, you know, arguably one of the most popular video game franchises of all time now. Right. Which is huge. And it all began here. They all started all everybody who worked on this game, except for the the lead programmer, started at the exact same day at DMA to make Space Station Silicon Valley. Wow. So that that's the genesis. This is the game that taught them how to work together. And then they made Grand Theft Auto. So it, this, this game kind of is perfect for launching into that kind of writing uh, archivist historian role that I really wanted to, to fill. And, it, and um, it's, it was a process because when I was first writing it, it was a video essay, um, which I love the video essay format, but there was a lot in here that was just kind of like, then this happened, then this happened. Sure. I wanted to make it mine. Yes. So that's when it, the idea came to be like, oh, I have this trip coming up to Biloxi. I'm driving there and NASA's on the way. What if I just filmed a video of me driving to NASA? That's topical. That makes sense. Yeah, I do. Um, and it all just kind of came together. You know, all the footage was shot. It was real like bootstrap filming it. And then like it all kind of came together in the editing really well which is kind of as an editor what i do like i'm a little bit known in my circles as the person who oh i have this horrible footage can you fix it and i make <laughs> magic happen so it, it really just kind of all came together all my creative um interests uh from filmmaking to music to gaming kind of all culminated here and i'm really glad that the series started and i'm really excited for what's next so i forgot what the question was but here we are no yeah no i just <laughs> i basically that that's exactly what, what i was trying to drive at just like the 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 videos genesis the the kind of thing that captured your imagination about the story of the game and also just like because I, I know on a personal level, I mean, you love podcasting and stuff, but your real passion's mm. always been in video. And, yeah. like, it's so cool to be able to see you, like, kind of flex those muscles, man. Like, as at, just to, to be able to see that kind of content from you and, and see the kind of stuff that you've always wanted to make, you know, finally kind of being this perfect encapsulation of just this is this weird little game that nobody else is talking about. And I'm going to write this script. I'm going to tell this story in a way that feels authentic to me. And uh, you just, you just did an awesome job, man. I've, I've already, I've, I've told you, you a million times how good you yeah. did. It's awesome. <laughs> great video. Thank you guys. It's had a really great response and I'm, I'm super thrilled for people to, to watch it and then just thrilled for what's next. Like, honestly, I just feel like it's just getting started. Like I have so much more yes. I want to do. 
Yes, that that was definitely like my first reaction watching it. I was just like, like, damn, like Dan's a professional. Like, <laughs> like Dan's like really good at this. You know, like the actual nuts and bolts of making. And a well-produced, edited video. I'm like, man, like I, uh, you know, I'm starting to dip my toes into video essays, but they are not like this, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, I mean, so. this is a, this is like been a ten-year journey for me learning how to do all of this, and it's literally what I do for a living. And it is kind yeah. of funny, finally being in a place where I can flex that. Yeah, uh, man. For lack of a better term, it. it and get kind of show off like i don't know like i hate the word show off but that's really what it is like i want to be able to use it because i'm also kind of spreading information about a story that's very important to gaming in general yeah um, you know people who people who play grand theft auto might be interested in why this exists so um yeah yeah, all the people playing G, all the millions of people playing GTA Five don't yeah. know that uh that that game probably wouldn't exist mm -hmm. if it weren't for these little uh, robot animals and microchips and pooping and farting so mice and we need to know. get their attention. We need to get the word out about <laughs> Space Station Silicon Valley, and then we need to get get uh, Take Two or Rockstar, whoever owns the rights, to re-release right. the freaking game because nobody wants to spend seventy dollars on an N sixty four cartridge. Yeah, it's it's been going up too, man. It wasn't that long yeah. ago. You could get that cart for like 30, 40 bucks and now you're talking yeah. it's yeah, it's up there, dude. 70, 80, so, yeah. Yeah, that needs I actually I, mean, I actually I have a huge recent regret where I was staring at the player's guide mm -hmm. on eBay for $35. And I was like, it's it's not a game. I could spend that $35 and buy something I can actually play. Sure. So I, so I let it go. And the only place I find that player's guide now is a different eBay listing. Buy it now, $100. No, that's it. Wow. No, I can't, I can't find it anywhere. And I'm kicking myself now. Because what a collector's item for that. For a game that has no, like no paraphernalia at all no 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 yeah no amiibo nothing it's it's no you're not gonna game. find amiibo no yeah <laughs> no you have to make so, your own with like an actual microchip yeah uh, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so 3D print something yeah right so we we've been kind of dancing around it but i mean set set the stage for what the game actually is because this is i mean in terms of like a, a concept for a game it's even for N64 standards, this is like one of the weirdest game concepts just ever. It's, it's still... <laughs> and there's some weird stuff out there now with the whole indie scene exploding, but yeah. this game is still pretty, like, bananas. Um, so just the setting of the game, and I kind of start out my video with the story of Silicon Valley because mm -hmm. it's, it, it's very indicative of the development cycle as well, where... You know, we we launch. We're a technological advanced, technologically advanced civilization. We launch a space station that is um, an experiment to try to fuse technology with biology on some animals, um, and then inexplicably, the space station disappears. We don't know where it went. It just it's gone. A thousand years later, the space station reappears, and it's in the exact same state. But now it's heading towards Earth and and just it's chaos, right? Like they send a team of researchers up there and the animals eat them all. They send some like Marines up there and they're all dead now. So it's like, well, what the heck do we do? We send we're going to send a superhero who has no powers and a robot. And they're <laughs> they're our protagonists. And the robot dies. The robot explodes immediately upon impact. And now yes. you're a microchip who can only, whose only means of survival is taking over these biological robot freaks and <laughs> gaining their abilities. And now, and now we're in the world of space station Silicon Valley. So I don't like, if I don't need to sell you on this game any further. If you know, you're, you know, you're going to like this game based on that description. Can we talk about how like, that concept is just waiting for like a horror movie or something like what a what a horrific concept of just this like yeah. this this yeah. freakish biological 
experiment happening in this derelict space station that pops back up these guys crash into it it's like a horror movie dude like you get on there and these these animals are running rampant in the space station it's it's event horizon if you've seen that movie right it's it's event horizon uh comedy instead of horror movie it's like switching genres yeah well it is something's wrong on the space station go check it out and you touch on it a little bit i mean it's a dark comedy really like it's got that kind of british that british sensibility to it and um you know like they i think if i'm not mistaken really dark though (laughs) it is yeah you're finding like like body parts (laughs) human heads body parts yeah yeah there's uh i have a very vivid memory of uh somebody's legs popping out of a toilet in the game I have a very vivid memory of that. Yeah. I don't I don't yep. know where it is in the game, but like I that for some reason that really bothered me when I was a kid. Um there there's just something kind of like funny and just like dark and like British humor about mm-hmm. the whole thing, which is very it's very Rockstar. It's very like what we know Rockstar um to be today. And you you see the sort of bones of that in this game, but just like I, I don't even know how you come up with a concept. I mean, leave it to, you know, the 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 body harvest people to uh, mm. come up with a concept like this right? yeah and that was <laughs> even a different team the body harvest yeah. team wasn't even it was a totally different team of people and i and i think like it, the information is vague as to why the story ended up the way it did but um they started with wallace and gromit because mm-hmm. every because the the computers they were using wouldn't display the graphics clearly it was very muddy and it kind of reminded them of like a claymation style and everybody thought of walls and gromit immediately and you know walls and gromit you have like a sheep and a dog and other animals and they're walking around and so that kind of gave them sort of like an idea but at some point somebody was like hey what if this is terrifying (laughs) instead of jovial and they said sure (laughs) Um, because there's some straight up like conquers bad fur day. Like the last level I played right before recording with you, there's a swamp full of poo. Yeah. (laughs) You, you have to like wade through a swamp of poo to get, and there's like fart bubbles coming up. It's the whole game is grotesque, but like that it was the nineties. It was gross out humor to its fullest. And as a kid, you're, engrossed by that and so uh, me as a kid playing this game renting it and bringing it home looking at the cool like the, the cover art doesn't say anything about that it says space no. station silicon valley there's a cool rocket fox there's a, the space station it looks like a cool sci-fi animal you know the concept if i read anything about it in nintendo power cool like the concept seems neat then you put it in and you're in a swamp of poo and you're like how did i get here <laughs> So do you, I mean, like as, as a kid, you were saying, and and you were talking to me about this before we started recording too, like renting it as a kid. Do I mean, do you have a memory of how, how this game even entered like your frame, like how this game even entered the zeitgeist, why you chose to rent it? Was it just like, Hey, I saw the box art on the blockbuster shelf or whatever, you know? I definitely knew that it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Nintendo power subscription and I just, we actually just talked about the Nintendo Power issue that has a full spread about the preview of the game. Right. And I 100% had that issue. I remember Clay Fighter on the cover. I remember flipping through it and reading about Turok and all that. Um, so I 100%, and I would read those things, I would devour a Nintendo Power. So I 100% knew that it was coming. And I don't know if I had any other exposure to it. What I do know is that I walked into... A rental place there were not a lot of games for the nintendo 64 right um i knew that i liked mario 64 and i knew that i liked pilot wings and i saw the cover and i was like i recognize that it's got animals on it i want to explore that world cool bring it home um and it, my initial so something about the structure of this game i'm bouncing all around you know how no, I do no no yeah go for it dude um it's very indicative of like an old school platformer in its structure. Yes. yes. Um, it's not open. You can't just explore wherever you want to. It's not Mario 64. You choose a level. You go to that level. You have to complete that level in that run. 
in order to to move on right um, the, once you're in there that world that little level is open to you you can go wherever you can go and do whatever you want but you have you have objectives and you have to get to the end so it's very straightforward um, and as a kid that's very enticing because in super mario 64 sometimes you're literally just like i'm like i don't know i don't know how to get that star how do i what do i do now what do i do um so having a very having you know four options for levels you can go to and you have to beat one of them is very enticing for a little kid um though a lot of them were downright impossible half the time but <laughs> yeah even now today yeah. even playing mm-hmm. it today in the modern age is like how did i even do this when i was a kid and freaking <laughs> rilla level <laughs> yeah i was watching you do that on stream dude it was it was rough it looked horrible it looked just hard. Beat it. I just beat it before I, I, we were late because I was trying to beat that level and I finally figured it out. But like you, you figure it out. That's the thing. It's yes. not unfair. It takes, you have to like get into, you have to solve the puzzle. It's a puzzle. They don't tell you all the information. You have to go in there and figure it out. And so, you know, the game is, is really, I mean, like it, it is a puzzle game more than anything else, honestly. Cause like it's action, action puzzle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's com, you know, there's like light combat and stuff and there's like definitely an element of danger. You know, there's some of these animals are attacking you and whatnot, but even I mean, the, even the, even the combat is very puzzle like, right. Um, if you're the hyena, you don't have an attack. You just have to be around another animal and laugh until they right. laugh takes a lot of like how do i be around this thing that's going to attack me and not die <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah and the game's yeah. not going to tell you you know what the and even like optimal ways of doing the things i mean like you get guidance for your objective but things like the way the animals interact the things the animals can do once you like inhabit their bodies as this microchip evo like that's all stuff the player just has to figure out like that is the game mm-hmm. And you were saying, like, like when you finally beat that gorilla level, it's because there is a whole function to the gorilla that you didn't know because the game doesn't tell you. And it's like, well, the game doesn't care Not to even, tell you. Like, the game, the first time you take over an animal, there's a screen that comes up that says, here's what the animal can do. Here right. are its attributes. It's a heavy animal. It can take a lot of damage. It cannot jump very high. It cannot go in water. That's like... That's like that's like reading a textbook about driving a car. That's not going to let you pass the test. No. The thing about the gorilla... I don't know if you want to get into specifics or spoilers. No, go uh, for it. The game's old. The thing about the gorilla... <laughs> and this is really a great example of, of combat puzzle solving. Or like... Yeah. ...puzzle solving. Gorilla has a ground pound. Um, You have to hit A, then B to do jump, then ground pound. The ground pound has a delay in the air, so you essentially can get a little bit of a double jump. There's a section in this one level where you have to do some vine swinging. Very, very, um, uh, like, particular, like, very specific timing. Precise, exactly. Vine swinging. And the double jump, once once I figured it out, made the whole sequence way easier. Um... I was just I was so frustrated. Somebody <laughs> clipped me dying on that level, and just, that was me. Just me that was losing me. my mind. Was it, it was you? Dan, yeah, yeah, I figured it was, it was Dan you. losing it. <laughs> uh, I absolutely <laughs> lost it on that level, and then I just went to a different level. I was like, "We're gonna go do the helicopter level now because <laughs> <laughs> screw this gorilla." Yeah, I don't like monkeys anymore. But that's the game. But that's the game. Like that's what the game that's is. The game. the game is about. You know, and and when you were a kid and you had all the time in the world to bang your head against a problem until you figured it out and solved it, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of retro gaming in general. But I mean, especially with this game, this game almost like takes advantage of that. Like this game is almost like it it creates its entire structure around the way you have to because in that moment you are a researcher in that moment, you are somebody that has to figure your way through this hellscape that is space station Silicon Valley, you know, I love that. And I, you know, it's funny because when I think about how I discovered this game, I've got no idea how I discovered this game. No clue, (laughs) not an idea. I, uh, all I know is that my sister and I, so growing up, my sister and I had to like share stuff all the time. We were, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, 
lumped together. I don't know if you and your brother Adam had this or not. It was always like, it was Seth and Eden. I don't know if it was like Dan and Adam when you guys were kids. But when I was a kid, my sister and I were always like Age difference? Um, so I'm three years older than she is. So I know Adam's a little bit older than you are too. He's but, four years older than me. Yeah. Um, it depends on how old we were, but I get, I think I understand what you're saying. Just, it was always like, and, and also another component to this is our birthdays are very close. So she's August 29th. I'm September 4th, just, you know, years apart. So we, we you know, we grew up having our birthdays around, you know, the shared birthdays, which sucks. You uh, know? Yeah. For and sure. so like when we got consoles growing up, you know, like the super Nintendo, I had to share it with my sister. Right. And the N64 was the first one that was mine. Like, that was the first console where oh. that was my console, right? Hey, Sam. Sam's in the chat saying, keep it weird, fellas. Sam. Sam, one of uh, Dan's co-hosts on Retrologic, of course. Uh, shout out to our buddy Sam, also a Keep Nintendo Weird alumni. We love Sam. Um, and so the N64... Yeah, he's all right. Uh, but the N64 was mine. It was, it was my first console. Yeah. And so it was almost like the first time I had to make the conscious choice to share gaming time with her. Right. So like in a weird way, like it was the first time it wasn't forced. So this game represents a really special period in my childhood where in that moment I chose to be friends with my sister. And like, I know that's weirdly like real, but like that's what space station Silicon Valley represents to me in my life is like, that's when it was like, it was no longer like, you know, you're forced to be friends with your sibling. I actually made the choice of like, Hey, like let's play this together. And we played the crap out of this game. Like that, that was our game that we played together as siblings. And like, we're not, you know, sadly we're not close anymore, but I look back on that time really, really fondly. And that's like, this game totally represents that part of my childhood. So that it it holds a very special place in my heart. Hey, thanks for the follow. Gamer looks at 40. Really appreciate it, man. So, just on his podcast too. Nice. There you go. He says howdy. Yeah. Everybody's coming out to see to see the birthday boy tonight. So, yeah, that's oh. that's my that's my School hashtag real talk space yeah. station silicon valley story. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, and and it's cool that it has such a meaningful for you um i just really connected with it on like a i don't know i've like you're like me in this way where we're just fans of things that nobody else likes for the sake of liking something nobody else likes right yeah <laughs> it's like it's like i i would draw i would draw the characters in school and draw the animals and like oh, what would you know, animals that aren't in the game, like what would like a lion look like if it was a robot or what would whatever. Like, I can't even think of another animal that's not in the game. They did a pretty good job. Pretty much. Yeah. What would a snake look like? If it was a robot, you know, and I would make my own because like I think and, and this is actually probably one of the areas where the game might have struggled from like a marketing standpoint. There's no like ascot. Not and really. Danger is not a likable guy. <laughs> no. The robot gets destroyed in the opening cutscene. So mascot is really just like the animals. You know? So like and they do a pretty good job in the in the uh key art of showing you like here's a hyena and here's a turtle and here's you know, here they have like a bunch of animals with the space station in the background. Like they mm-hmm. do a good job of communicating, like there's a lot going on here. Um, but there's no like Mario, you know, there's no like Buck Bumble, no Crash Bandicoot. It's robot animals is the mascot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so do you um, think, and do you think they even, were kind of like leaning on the space station itself being the mascot? Do you think that was kind of what they were looking no. for? Art of the space station differs depending on where you look at it too. It's there's, it's True. inconsistent. So yeah, cause it's biomes. And like, so I almost feel like, I almost feel like they, they built the game from the concept up. They didn't go into it saying we're going to make a mascot platformer. They were like, they were like, 
oh, it would be really interesting if you could take control of animals and then have all these abilities. Like, what would that look like? And how do we structure that game? And and then the marketing and the design were kind of almost an afterthought, even though like they almost had all the art in their heads from this from the get go with the um, walls and grommet thing. Yeah, couldn't because they had that concept. There was never going to be a mascot. Right. Yeah. I never had trouble with that as a kid, but I can see from a marketing perspective, like, yeah, unless you can explain what you're doing in this game, because the, the premise of it, gameplay wise, is very intriguing. It is. Even yeah. still to this day, there's not a whole heck of a lot. You know, I was thinking about this today because I've been playing the uh, the new, um, it's an indie game by uh, Drinkbox, uh, Nobody Saves the World. I don't know if you heard of that one. Um, it just came out on Switch finally. And uh, I was so excited. I picked it up. And the the core concept of Nobody Saves the World is not unlike Space Station Silicon Valley. It's all about mm. kind of becoming these other characters and using mm. that for puzzle solving and stuff. And I, I was playing it and just like preparing for this chat tonight and everything. I'm like, wow, this is one of the only games that I've ever played that is kind of somewhat similar to Space Station Silicon Valley all this time later. You know, nobody's really replicated that idea exactly, you know? What's funny is that, and I had this thought um, while I was making this video, and I wish I could have incorporated this idea better, but I almost feel like this generation, um, they're kind of catching up to Space Station Silicon Valley. You've got right. the hat mechanic in Mario Odyssey. You've got a mouthful mode in Kirby, which Kirby kind of... You have the copy abilities. In a, in a way, had that kind of um, thing. And, like, I think that just that concept in a video game from a gameplay perspective is, has always been really interesting. Like, oh, what's it like to control other things in this world? Um, and actually, funnily enough, Gotcha Force has that same mechanic where you could basically troll anything in the game, any enemy in the game you can control. Um, so that's always been a very intriguing concept for me. And uh, and Mario and Kirby obviously figured out how to do it while also having a mascot, and so did so did Gotcha Force. But, um, Space Station Silicon Valley being uh, very early in that sort of like in the three D space, I can't think of anything else that did it before Space Station. No. You know, Kirby as a side scroller, and even other side scrollers before that were doing copy mechanic. Even Yoshi's Island had kind of a transformation mechanic. Um, but that's that's you've got to give kudos where kudos are due for that the 3D yeah. space for sure. Yeah, I mean Mario Odyssey is a good corollary because you know you throw out Cappy and you capture the the enemies and in that moment like you're playing as the enemies and Kirby it's you're like absorbing their powers and you're kind of like mm -hmm. taking on their abilities, which is similar. Mega Man's another example too, which is Mega kind of Man. Like Kirby. Yeah. yeah, Mega Man's kind of in that same vein as Kirby. But but yeah, I mean you're right. It, when you when you look back at the history of it, Space Station Silicon Valley, especially in the 3D space, um, is the is the sort of pioneer of that idea. And it's interesting that all this time later, you're not really seeing it all that much, you know? Yeah. Um and I, I, something you also touch on in the video, I don't want to cannibalize the video too much because I'm, I'm definitely going to no, point please. people towards it. Oh, but cannibalize the video. I, <laughs> that's where all my information comes from. So, <laughs> well, I, you, but, but something you do touch on in the video is also how, you know, not only is it impossible to market this game for all the reasons we've just talked about, but the release timing that was so unfortunate for the game oh, man. because it came out to such heavy competition, you know? didn't have to that's the thing is yeah. it was planned for march 1998 up against yoshi's story that was that nothing else was coming out in march of 1998 that anybody cared about um i think what thinking about it in my own perspective one of the things that i think really really damaged it was banjo kazooie's release that summer coming out at coming out before it because Banjo from a visual perspective, from a music perspective, it has a transformation mechanic. Um, it's essentially like a souped up Mario 64 in a manner right. of speaking. Um, and then you look over at space Station Silicon Valley, which is like 
very blocky, like early 3D looking. Um, just if you're going to stand there and look at those two games, like you're going to go with the bear and bird every time. Right. Um, if you're at the store. So I think that really was a death nail. Like to only have so much money and, you know, and then you're also just going up against like Turok two and F zero and Ocarina of time is right around the corner. Ocarina of um, time. Hmm. Ever heard of that one? You know? So, yeah. 1998 became, came bloated and space station silicon valley doesn't didn't stand a chance yeah tendo was going to market this game like heavy and they and then they pushed it back and they were like well we can't now because f-zero and mario party and legend and zelda so sorry <laughs> we're not gonna you're not gonna compete with us our own platform so it's unfortunate I, it's a huge bummer and it had nothing to do with them it was all a, it was all take two which i'm thankful for like gm GM needed a buyout in order to survive. Take two bought them out. So they had to delay the game. Like the game exists. So I'm thankful for that. But yeah, things could have gone down differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do wonder if we would have seen more from the series, if, if it were, we got our buddy Tim from the Nintendo dads here in the chat and Johnny's agreeing with them. Uh, shouting out skull, the hero slayer. As another game that uh that does this well. I've never played it. I heard of that game, but I never actually have played it. So shout out to Skull the Hero Slayer. Um so yeah, I mean, like, I, I do think about that sometimes. If Space Station Silicon Valley is the kind of thing that could have become a series, I mean, you could see this concept being blown up to a grander scale on mm -hmm. something like the GameCube. They didn't they have like, wasn't there a GBA or maybe a Game Boy Color? version of this mm, game yeah so it only came out in europe there's a game boy color version yeah and it's a side scroller it's not very well made it's not very good it's kind of was rushed out as a yeah. pairing there was also a playstation port um oh i didn't even is, know that okay uh, it's not under the same name it's called evo's space adventures wow because they tried to oh give that's it a, right a mascot yeah. that's right <laughs> they, they tried to learn their lesson yeah um <laughs> And that, you know, that sold like garbage. Um, and uh, both of those are Europe only because the uh, developer and publisher are both in, both in, in Europe. Scotland yeah. or UK. So, yeah, like, you know, um, uh, it's, and, you know, they moved on. They became Rockstar North and the rest is history. I mean, what are they going to do now? Once they're the Grand Theft Auto people, they're not they're they're not tapping oh, into exactly. the vein of Space Station Silicon Valley anymore. Do you think absolutely no way that this is going to become something else? Like it might get re-released at some point if they have any sort of incentive to. But I was going to yeah. say, let let me pick your brain on that for a second because okay. when I when I think about you know now that we're in the Switch era, we got the NSO and sixty four expansion pack and everything. Like one thing that I really hope we see from this service is more of these kind of like we're getting all the classics right we've got our ocarina of times our majora's masks our our banjo yeah yeah the we're getting two ones? things we're getting we're getting classics we're getting things that people are gonna retweet about right and we're getting things that are low-hanging fruit right it might be interesting but really it's just stuff that nintendo doesn't have to jump any jump through any hoops to get licensing legal for. hoops right right exactly yeah um no idea where Space Station Silicon Valley is in the licensing era. Is Take Two still around? I th I think Take Two has like rebranded or something like that, or I, I don't know what's what's going on with Take Two. But I mean, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, but but I mean, like, you know, you look at the NES and Super Nintendo apps, and all the time, and that's something that people have complained about. But it's something that I love about those apps is that we get these kind of weird undersung titles that, I mean, nobody's playing jelly boy if it's not on the super Nintendo app, you know what I mean? There are clay, <laughs> you know, claymates <laughs> or whatever, you know? So, yeah. So take two still around. They, it's a holding company. They own the, they own the rights to things. They license things and they publish things. Um, I mean, 
publishers for blah 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 just kind of seeing if i see tim says silicon valley tim here in chat says the company owns two major publishing labels rockstar games and 2k which operate internal game development studios okay so it's kind of like the it's it's the sort of like big conglomerate label over rockstar and 2k i got you so i mean they probably do still have the rights to that to that game but i mean they're not doing anything with it i wonder if nintendo would find that even valuable that's 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 actually a good thing that they're still around and right. they are a holding company because that means that they 100% own the rights to this game and could do something with it if somebody approaches them um so yeah like it is it possible like totally like that's what i want to see. see any i don't see any reason why this can't happen because it's, the, it's just a matter of whether Take Two is going to play nice or not, or if anybody really cares. Besides, the, us. I, I look at well, yeah, and, and I look at the, I look at the sort of like kind of weirder like third party games that are on that app right now, and it's what it's like Sin and Punishment, and like Winback. I think that might be literally it. Made Winback. I don't I mean, know, but but like I think that's other than that, I think it's all. Nintendo. We yeah, it was Koei, which is tightly, which is a like this with Nintendo now. Koei was win back, right. and then and then, and then, and then you got Treasure. Treasure, yeah. Who Treasure? All they do is license their stuff out now, so they're you know they do what they do. Right. So I, I look um, at and that, the N sixty four. The N sixty four is not exactly like a wealth of like a depth of content. There's there's a handful of games that people really love, and then there's kind of everything else. Um, Oh, like I don't know. I mean, Take Two plays nice with Nintendo now. They had a they had uh, Borderlands and Bioshock, two K sports games on there. They just put their great GTA stuff on there. So now that they're playing nice with Nintendo, I don't. Yeah, it Tim just says is kind of like get, Tim says he's going to get in contact with Strauss. Strauss Zelnick, I think his name is the the head Good. of uh, Take Two. So Tim's going to take care of it for us. Don't worry. Thanks, Tim. Your uncle <laughs> Thanks, over Tim. that Take Two. Appreciate that. I think the big problem, the reason why I genuinely think it's never going to happen is because nobody cares. Yeah, it's just me like, and you. We're the only ones Treasure, who care. Treasure <laughs> is like a longtime beloved developer who's gained notoriety for this and that. Um, nobody remembers DMA design. You know, like... It would have to be. It would almost have to be somebody internally at Rockstar North who made this game, come out and be like, "Hey, can we please put this game on something?" And they have to like campaign for it, and then the development of it would have to be low enough cost for them to be like, "Fine." Just I don't see it. <laughs> it <laughs> takes what you and I are doing right now, dude. It yeah. takes people talking about it. Exactly. It takes and exactly. it takes like what what your video does, right? To put this stuff. Uh, into the public eye and be like, Hey man, like this is something that's worth remembering and worth celebrating. And like, this is worth showing to more people. I'm not saying it's like the greatest game you're ever going to play, but it's Hmm. interesting and it deserves to be preserved and remembered and played by people in the modern age and to have an easy way to access this stuff and not have to go out and pay a $70 and rising cartridge. You know what I that's, mean? Right. But that's the thing is that 2k doesn't care about preservation. No. Yeah. They want to sell things. So if the cut from NSO, whatever Nintendo gives them is worth the development cost of putting the game on the service, game is a little bit weird to emulate too like is it it glitches out using the expansion pack right because it doesn't it doesn't um, like load uh evo right like it, it, it won't load the microchip itself oh, it, like the it model went, like finicky is what it is i have okay. an expansion pack and it took me two or three tries to get it to not glitch wow. once you're playing you're good to go it's it's kind of like okay. a startup screen problem um very finicky so yeah the rom for that game is a little jacked up i don't so yeah i mean i think it needs a big push if it's gonna happen i don't know how to make that happen than doing what i'm already doing (laughs) right yeah i mean this i think this is the important thing i mean i think just talking about it putting that energy out there at the end of the day 
end of the day, I don't condone this, but at the end of the day, all you have to do is throw a ROM on an emulator and play it on your PC. Like it's not yeah. inaccessible. Sure. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, people have ways to play it if you, if you want to, you know? Um, and, and yeah, I'm not, you know, whatever. It's, it's not like, uh, I don't have like some staunch, if you don't have a, a great way to play it, then it's like, sure. You know what? You do you like I, I you know, you do you, I I'm just, I'm happy that the game exists at all. I just want people to have a more, I want people to remember it. I want, I want people to care about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think doing what we're doing is important and, and talking about these kinds of games and making videos like that. So that's why I'm so excited that you, you know, that space station Silicon Valley is just the beginning that you're going to like have these other things to keep the conversation going. And one thing that I have found making this show is that there is always unilaterally more fans of the game in question than I think there are like all the time. Yeah. So I was actually contacted on Reddit. Um, I, I was in a, actually this happened. Okay. So there was a Reddit post. Somebody had used the sound fonts from the game and made their own compositions. Right. It was, it was amazing. Like it sounded like it could have come from the game, but it was their own compositions. Um, and um, I commented, I was like, this is amazing. I love this game. I'm so glad that there are other fans out there. They contacted me and they were like, so glad to meet another Space Silicon Valley fan. And I was like, hey, so I'm working on this video. Can I use your tracks? And they were like, super cool about it. How many tracks? You want all the tracks? Here's all the wave files. That's Here's awesome. the art for the for the album, like all the stuff. Um, like just mention us in the video and you can use whatever you want. Um, and then that person, I asked them about their their art for the album because they they made it look like the Space Silicon Valley logo like is this something you can like do for me like can i pay you to do this and they were like oh yeah what do you want i'll just do it for you it's fine they were great they're they're the the artist is called noops and um in the description of i don't know if you want to put them in the video but in in the description of my video is their instagram and the album so um definitely check them out and give them some bumps because they help me so much make this video but that's That's the thing like you don't know these people exist. Like, where's the Space Station Silicon Valley fandom? Like, <laughs> you know, right? We're that's decentralized. Thing, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's the thing is like, I, I put this this kind of stuff out into the ether with KNW episodes, and people are like, oh my god, like I love that game, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes it's literally a situation where it, it's like triggering a memory for them. Like, oh, like I completely forgot about that game. And you know, this is why it's so important to do what we're doing right now, Dan. So how did, you know how you trigger a memory? The music. Yeah. The music's so good in this game, dude. The menu music and the, yes, the music's so good. And, and by, and like noobs did a great job in the video kind of i mean it sounds like music out of the game like even though it's not it just it sounds like you just have the game music in there it's so good and that's that's what i was so impressed by um i was like there's i'm not getting this video taken down for anything i'm (laughs) using youtube's music that they give you and noops and that's it (laughs) yeah smart man smart man because i tell you what I, I play like five uninterrupted seconds of a scapegoat wax song and I'm in trouble in my just radio video. <laughs> so do know, I'm in hot water. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh man. I could sit here and chat with you all night, dude. Is there, so something I've been doing with these, because this is the podcasters curse, right? We both been podcasting for a long time. The second hmm. you stop the recording, you're like, Oh crap. Like I should have said that. Is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up? Probably, but it's not my head right now. Like it'll I come think to you when we stop recording. It'll, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but if I were to like rack my brain and be like, what else about this game? Like, what is it about this game that keeps bringing me back? I was mad when I left my stream last night. <laughs> I, I literally was having thoughts like, I don't think I like this game. Yeah. I think I'm I'm a big fake because I actually don't think I like this game because it's, it's got your tra- your typical N64 jank, you know? But then you came back. But tonight, you know, like I put the kids to bed and like all I wanted to do is jump back into that stupid gorilla level. <laughs> all I want to do, I was like, I bet I can get it. I bet I can get that level. 
All I could think about was like, I bet I can do that. I could definitely do that. I bet I can do it. And has has that at Super Nintendo's platformer level of um kind of like you kind of want that challenge. Like it's even if it's me. even if it's yeah. janky, right? It's like I was really close last time. I bet I could do that. I, I bet know this I can time, do this. Yes. This is my time, you know? And like you die and you're like, ah, oh, screw this game. And then you come back because you're like, okay, no, I got this. What is like, what's the difference between a game like that, a game that just sucks and you're like, this is too hard. I don't have, I'm not having fun. I think that it goes, it boils down to charm the game. Um, We talked a little bit about the music, but I think that you could have an entire episode just about the music of this really good level has its own like masterfully crafted big band style robotic jazz song playing in the background while you're horrifically mauling robot animals to try to take over their corpses. So there's that juxtaposition. But like if you just sit and watch the animals who are also just adorable, like it had to go very simplified with their designs. That was almost like a blessing in disguise because like you have this bear who's like basically a giant cube yeah. has these two dumb feet sticking out. And if you let him <laughs> sit there for a minute, his head will bob up and down to the beat of the music. Yes. His foot will tap. He's like looking around with his head bobbing up and down. And these guys have so much personality. It's a, it's a living cartoon. Um, and just the way like you there's like the sheep, the way the sheep walks is probably one of my favorite stupid things it's in this like, game. Uh, it's the four <laughs> legs, and you just hear this like under this giant fluff ball. Right. Um and uh you know, that's one thing about this game that I think gets missed is how damn charming it is from there's a beginning lot of to charm. end. Yeah. Um right. And just, I mean, it's it's cute and it's funny, it's horrifying. Then you know, you do you do a, a part of a mission where you have to like do a run around this racetrack and do a jump as a rat that has like turbo wheels. It's like genuinely super fun. Like you feel a little bit out of control doing it, but when you nail it, you're like, okay, sweet, we got this. You've got Missile Dog, which is like. Just playing so an entire great. game is missile dog. So he's great. got he's got the boost and homing missile. So he, nothing can kill him. He's invincible. Um, like, like I think the only way I just did hit the, his level. And the, he's terrible with close combat. So if you're the fox and you do your little like turn around switch with your thing. tail, like yeah. that's the thing. I could talk about like animal versus animal all night because. 30 animals in this game and in some way at some point they all interact it's always different so it's that level of kind of openness and experimentation and charm gets that that makes this game addicting when you when you're able and i say this about n64 a lot you're able to kind of just get past the fact that 3d it's gonna look like trash your camera's gonna suck it's gonna have jank. You get past all of that, and you look at look at the art of the game, the style, what they're trying to pull off, and if you can actually get to what they're trying to pull off, um, you're gonna have a great time, and you're gonna be addicted to it. Yeah. And pulled it off with Space Station Silicon Valley. It's it's honestly just a tragedy. This game is not on everybody's Switch right now. Yeah, man. Well said. I, I think another thing too, and this comes into what you were talking about a little bit with the charm of it, the atmosphere. This game's got a really great sense of atmosphere that always really struck me whenever I play mm. the game. Like the fact that you can go up to the glass and oh. see your reflection and also see out into space. That mm. is such a cool effect. Still today, that's such a really cool effect. And like forget. Like Yeah. There's no there's no other time in this game where you feel like you're on a space station. Like you're in these biomes and it looks like Earth, right? Right. You can't pan the camera up to look at the sky. So anytime you have a window and you're like, oh, I'm in space. Right. You see your reflection. 
it changes it. It changes the way you view the space. And then also you have the, like when you realize that this, the, the game soundtrack that you're hearing is coming out of these weird sterile, As- like speakers on the wall. Like there, the there's closer something- you get to the speaker, the louder it gets. Yes. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. something kind of like portalish about it. Like you feel like you're a lab rat mm-hmm. experiment mm-hmm. sort of thing. Oh man. Like I just, I love the well, atmosphere. There are points in this game where you're far enough away from speakers where the music's like very faint. Mm-hmm. And though that's another moment where you remember like, oh, I'm in, I'm in a zoo. Right. And- <laughs> it's a space oh. zoo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like this weird, horrific, experimental, like dystopian thing uh, in the package of a cute N64 puzzle platformer. <laughs> it's cute. I want figures. I want figures so bad, and they'd be so easy to three three D print. Can oh, somebody just do that thing. for me for my birthday? It's Dan's birthday. Models. Everybody, Guys, you know how easy it is to find three D models of things online now. The assets are there. Just print them for me and mail them to me. That's all I'm asking. Make make the man paint them too. Yeah, paint them. Make the man a three D <laughs> model for his birthday. Come on, have you no heart? Come on, he's begging Who among you. us doesn't have a 3d printer these days come on it's so common now it's so common everybody has access i mean come on come on oh dan do it screw it up dan i i I love uh i love podcasting with you man i I could sit here and chat about this stupid game all night and uh it's just i there's nobody i'd rather do it with there's there's nobody else that i know that loves the game like you and i do and um just uh I just I love being able to express what makes this game special to more people. So, thanks for uh, coming it's out, dude. One of the best ways to talk about this game, and I'll, this is my last thought, is it's it is absolutely worth way more than the sum of its parts. Yes, an experience. If you don't allow yourself into the experience, you are missing out. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is like we can sit here and we can try to break down the individual components and things that make the game special, but the experience of it is what actually is special about it. It's, it's the be way curious. all that stuff comes together. Be curious for someone out there to play the game for the first time, like fresh in 2022. And I'd love to get their perspective. I would too. I'm a, yeah. I'm certainly coming at it with some nostalgia goggles. Sure. Um, it's not to say that, like it's, I think all everything I said is still valid, but I want to give that caveat as well. Like I played it as a kid, and that is a strong, strong pull. So I'm really curious about that. It doesn't happen very often. That, that's with basically any retro game. You're gonna have that, especially one that you have, you know, nostalgia with and stuff like that. So I think that's that's a given. But I mean, guys, um, again, the game. Can end not... your podcast now. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, no. You're good. It's. <laughs> It's, you know, the, the game's not widely available. Um, you know, again, it's possible to emulate it. Anywhere. It um, was never on the, the virtual console. Nowhere. That's buck wild. That's buck wild. I mean, I, I, I don't understand that. The fact that it wasn't even on the Wii virtual console where like everything, everything was, was on the Wii virtual console. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> yeah. man. That makes no sense to me. But uh, guys, you will find uh, links to everything in the episode description. Dan, plug yourself as we wrap up. Where can oh, folks sweet. find you online? Yeah, thanks. So again, I'm, I'm Dan Caparello. I'm the host of the Retrologic podcast. It is a bi-weekly podcast where we do retro gaming trivia. We are topical and we foster community within the retro space. Um, we also have a Discord that's open to anybody. Um, it's for gamers, but obviously anybody can come hang out with us. We just talk about what we like. Um and uh, we try to help each other spend money or not spend money on retro games, which is we call it the retro logic effect over there. It's like, yeah, it's bad. buy like Turok 2 for the Game Boy Color. And then John will be like, oh, I don't have that. And then he'll go buy it. And then three other people will be like, hey, I just found one. Like We all bought Mischief Makers like six months ago. <laughs> we, we just did. like we 12 did, like, of us bought of Mischief other. Makers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the price shot up, man. Yeah. It happens. I gotta get on that. You gotta the get retro logic effect. Train. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter. You'll, you'll get info about everything there at Retrologic Games. Um, and if you get lost, you want to check us out and you don't know where to go, we have our website, retrologic.games, um, which has everything. Twitter, Discord, all of our podcasts. Um, so check out John's recent On Topic Retro episode about Pikmin. One of our, our faithful community members, Flightsy, who's obsessed with that game. 
Oh man, episode. I still I need to. That's on my queue. I, I have to listen to that. He's been doing a great job. Pretty great. That. He's, He's such a nerd a about job. that game. And, oh, it's, and it's awesome. I, <laughs> I love it. I love John's it. been killing it too. He has, man. I love seeing that from him, man. He's he's been doing such a great job with the on topic retro stuff. So you guys, you guys are doing cool stuff. It's great to see, like, to see you get to kind of like you know flex, spread your wings and stuff. To get to see John and Sam doing their things. I mean, to see the well, the retro groove crew, Adam and Liam, like to to see you guys build this thing together and uh, and really kind of like play on all of your individual strengths. It's it's awesome, dude. And I can't wait to see where you guys go. And, um, so, you know, obviously we're going to, we're going to keep, uh, keep in touch with Dan as always. I mean, I totally. am, but you guys should as well yeah. go over to and keep up, keep up the great work with the keep Nintendo weird. The, the concept I was sold on from the beginning and you just continued to grow it into this awesome thing that I love. I can't wait for another episode every time you drop one. So, um, do more of them. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to have time to do much more of them very soon. So that's uh that's that's gonna be a thing very soon. Tim says that he lives vicariously through RetroLogic. So there you go. <laughs> you can all live vicariously through RetroLogic. Yes. You'll find links to all of that in the episode description. Uh Dan, thanks so much for coming out on your birthday. Happy birthday again, man. Uh we, we love you very much and uh we can't wait to see uh what happens next with your video series. Again, we want to point oh, out yeah. to the video. Everybody already got the, the game. I've got the game picked out and I'm doing research and it's it's going to be pretty uh, going to be pretty crazy. It's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about it. So I'm excited about to it. it, too. Cannot wait. So go support the video. Go support RetroLogic. We got happy birthdays, Dan, in the chat. So um, that, that's going to be it for ah. us, guys. You'll find links to all of our stuff, too. The all end stuff. Follow me on Twitter, all that junk. You'll find everything in the episode description. So anyway, guys, with that. Thanks again, everybody in chat, everybody watching on Twitch VODs, YouTube VODs, everybody listening. Dan's holding up the cartridge right there. There you go. Play yourself, <laughs> play yourself some Space Station Silicon Valley. Uh, have a great one, guys. Thanks for listening. Create what you want to create. And thank you for helping me keep Nintendo weird. Bye. Bye.